A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today... I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. New Ronson's Loud Pellets. Do you want to be louder? Ronson's Loud Pellets. (laughs) You can eat them! Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello, friends and fans, and welcome to Enthusiasm, the show where we talk about a few of our favourite things. I am your host, Helen Gould, one of the best Rusty Quillers, and today we're talking about singing and vocalists, and my excitement is crescendoing because of the fact that I am joined by Beth, Gabriel, Katie and Tim. So, 
we shall all introduce ourselves in alphabetical order as always, which means, Beth, you are going first. Can you give us your pronouns and tell us what you do? I am Beth, she, her. I am a singer, a vocal coach, mostly a vocal coach. I don't know why I said singer first. And I have a YouTube channel about singing and vocal coaching. What's the YouTube channel called? Beth Roars, like, rar. <laughs> That was really cute. <laughs> there were hand accompaniments. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Gabriel, what are your pronouns and what do you do? He, him, and I am tech support uh, assistant at Rusty Quill. I fix things when they break. <laughs> also, one of the best Rusty Quillers in which case? <laughs> I do my best. If things don't always stay fixed. Fantastic. Uh, next up. Katie, what are your pronouns and what do you do? She, her. I'm one of Rusty Quill's most middling to average us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I help to make content and outside of Rusty Quill, I'm a mum of two kids and compose and sound design. Look, the, the secret is that we are all the best Rusty Quiller. That takes me back to my school days. <laughs> <laughs> It was the taking that... part that's important, but we also do have a separate prize for the person that was good. <laughs> but that's not important. That's fine. <laughs> that's not what I meant, but it's very funny. Thank you. So then, Tim, what are your pronouns and what do you do? My pronouns are he, him. I'm the best thing that's happened to Rusty Quill since sliced John. Um, and I am a musical <laughs> improviser, which is, I do lots of things, but that's my qualification for being here. I do musical improv with a group called Do The Thing, coming to a Brighton Fringe near you when we found out if it's happening. Hooray. I'm going to ask the first question, which now I'm looking at it. The first question is, do you sing? And like, yes. So I would like you to tell me about when you started singing and like how that became a hobby or passion of yours. I have always sung. I had some lessons when I was in primary school, but they were too easy, so I dropped out. That, that, I, that's not meant to be a humble brag. I just, I just was bored. Big dog Gould coming in again. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> I want to know what happened at the lessons that they were too easy for a primary school kid. <laughs> you push over a music stand and say, I'm blowing this popsicle stand. See you around, teach. And out you walked. They had to sing something really boring, I think. I think it was like Frere Jacques or something like that. And I and I was like, I know how to sing this. Teach me something I don't know how to sing. Um, but I was it was a shared lesson. It was me and some other girls, so we had to go at their pace. Again, wow. this is still sound like a humble brag. I don't mean it to. I just <laughs> I just got bored and quit. <laughs> They just needed extra training in Frere Jacques. And they went on to form Frero and the Jacquette's wildly popular French children's band. <laughs> and more fool you. You could have been part of that. Pentuple Platinum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't regret it. F*** you. Um... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone else tell me about the beginning of your singing career. I, I'm the same. I have always sung. I, In fact, I have one of those kind of annoying stories where my mum said that I sung before I even spoke. So Aww. technically I was I sung Twinkle Twinkle Little Star without words, apparently. Aww. And then I was really that child that wouldn't stop making very loud noises as a little small <laughs> child. And then as when I got to eight years old, 
there was like a local production of The Sound of Music and I got to be Gretel and then that was it. I just wanted to sing forever. Aww. So I was, yeah, it's always been there. That's really sweet. Gabriel, what about you? I have also always been singing from uh, choir in elementary school, you know, then to to show choir, to concert choir, to competition choir. I think my senior year of high school was the only year I wasn't in some form of choir. Um, and then outside of outside of that, you know, just as a hobby of recording music, I've just always loved it. I was in a couple of musicals growing up as a kid also. Ooh, which ones? I don't remember the name of the one. It was some weird... <laughs> a weird musical? I think it was written by the owners of the theater. Oh! The one I uh, th- that I actually know the name of that I remember being in, um, I was a fish in Tiny Thumbelina. And that wasn't the weird one? And that wasn't the weird one, no. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, I was like a literal math wizard. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I had to sing about magic and math and, and and bringing the moon back down to earth with math it does sound like the kind of thing that only gets written when somebody has been like right i need to write it and it needs to be capitally educational so there's going to be a math wizard that saves the day with maths <laughs> so that the kids will do maths because they want to save the moon Cle- clearly this is the logic the main character was in love with a princess and wanted to give her the moon so he like called a bunch of people to like help him and did they go into the impact on of, of tides that that would have on um, the ecological devastation? yeah actually the ending was an apocalyptic nightmare yes. uh, <laughs> ah, <I see. laughs> really weird for a children's play but <laughs> it was effective tim how about you have you always been singing no i'm gonna buck the trend i came to Ooh. singing later so i did the i did the, the regular amount of children singing yeah happy birthday the thing <laughs> the bits you have to do in a c of e school <laughs> We had singing mm. rounds where we would sing C-O-F-F-E-E, coffee's much stronger than tea, children should leave it alone. And they go round and round and round. Oh, wow. It was a weird thing. Oh, so yeah, so I did the regular amount of children singing and then had the classic of, I thought, oh, maybe I'll sing. And somebody was like, you're singing wrong. And I was like, cool, right. I shall never sing in front of anyone ever again. Oh, no. I, because I'm trying to fit in. And so singing is off the table. And then much, much later, my darling not wife because it feels like it's been too long to say girlfriend. It's been nearly a decade, but she still ain't put a ring on it, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, she was like, oh, you can, yeah, you can, you can, you can carry a tune when you sing. I was like, oh, maybe I can. And she got me singing lessons for Christmas, and then I started doing musical improv more and doing my own music, and yeah, sort of sort of gone, gone from there. So I've sort of come to it relatively late. That's really, really lovely and romantic, though. Isn't it, though? So why won't she marry me? What's going on with this? <laughs> All these gestures, no follow through. Come on. I have to sing your proposal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Marry me. No. <laughs> Katie, how about you? I could refer you back to a previous enthusiasm episode where we went into some depth about my life. (laughs) (laughs) Summarise it. And um, if you want to learn more, go back to the opera episode where we... It was most of your life story. It was. (laughs) (laughs) It it was very thorough. (laughs) Loud toddler, but English, therefore, got the hang of the fact quickly that that wasn't the thing to be at school. Went quiet, didn't sing that much, but... When you're obsessed with music and a complete nerd like I am, you can't stop singing forever. So eventually I started getting into the stuff on which I talked about on the Enthusiasm episode, got in a band, discovered my upper register, 
realised that I was actually better at classical singing, started to get into sort of sneaking off to go and see operas. Sneaking out after dark to go see opera. Yeah. (laughs) Also, refer you back to the comment about being a nerd. Yeah, I mean, it felt fantastic to make those sounds. Uh, I went off to study music with a plan to go and do postgrad in singing, which I started to do, but then I got distracted because I've done many things apart from have a career. So I went and became a flying instructor instead. Then I tried to be a singer again. I was um, starting to work with coaches and whatnot and started to audition again for postgrad in my late 20s. Then I had babies. Then I got to creative music, which is actually much more my sort of thing because I'm actually quite shy. And so I could make lots of weird and wonderful noises without actually having anyone watch me do it. And that's where I am now. But I do use my voice a lot in the noises that I make. My next question is, what do you reckon you need in order to be a good singer or vocal performer? Like, what particular talents should one hone if one wants to be performing vocally in that way? Does anyone have any opinions? Yeah. I feel like this is a maybe a weird, controversial answer as a vocal coach, but in some ways, nothing. Because <laughs> because so many people... Well, it depends. It's what you want. Because there are basic things, obviously, like rhythm and pitch, which would be ideal mm-hmm. to have. But quite honestly, <laughs> those are like the only two that I can think of like probably should. But sometimes people aren't that good at that and they're still really successful. So it really just depends mm-hmm. on what you want to be. You can sing completely unhealthily. You can sing... Uh, out of pitch you could do all those things if you like it you like it I mean it depends on what a good singer is to you like Mm. is that around your house or is that like Whitney Houston you know I mean people listen to Mountain Goats all the time exactly yeah I found out the stone the lead singer from the Stone Roses can't sing so he sounds good on albums and then when he tours people are like I like the Stone Roses but this is not what's Mm. supposed to be happening I'm pretty sure oh wizardry Yeah, yeah I don't even think it's wizard. I just think it's like they sit down in the studio and they get it right. And then he goes out uh. on tour and he just sort of wings it. And it is not, it is not as successful. But everyone has a lovely time. And every, people listen to the Stone Roses loads. So if it can work for the Stone <laughs> Roses, it can work for you. It's also a bit disconcerting if you go to a live gig and you know exactly how much a lead singer sung in tune. And then you see them, mm. like the video or the whatever album they put out of the live recording afterwards with the auto-tune on it, you're like... Mm. I remember when Meatloaf got uh, throat nodules Mm. and that was really sad because he was still trying to perform live, but he could like you just you can't and shouldn't, Mm -hmm. as I understand it, try and perform when you've got throat nodules. Yeah, poor guy. And then, you know, you'd get complaints and I felt bad for him. I think it's a lot of pressure on people, though, when you're performing at yeah. that level and then you have all these people wanting to come to your shows. So it's really, really hard. And you've got such an established style as well. Like, that's what people are here for your, you know, especially someone like me, because the whole thing with Meatloaf is his big operatic style. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, yeah. you know, but I, I really, I do, I do agree with you, Beth. Like, I, I was thinking, I think about this a lot and there is definitely, there's, there's like, there's vocal training to make sure your voice doesn't destroy itself. Like there's like, mm. this is how you need to treat your voice so that you can do it more than every now and again. And not, you know, people come away from karaoke and they've lost their voice. That's fine. Karaoke is fun. But if you want to do it any more than that, you will eventually give yourself throat nodules or, or not be able to do, do a gig. So beyond that, it really does feel a lot more about style 
and sort mm. of feel like Tom Waits. He sounds yeah. like a bag of spanners being thrown down an elevator shaft, and I love him. Yeah, um, <laughs> or um, and people people say he, he he can sing, but like like Neil Young, he has a very pure mm. voice, but it's not like a like it's not it, it's like this sort of weird wavery falsetto like on it's only castles burning is that what that one's called like it's a very strange sort of not like nice pleasant singing voice it's like a it's like a it's like a, a cursed orphan is singing at you from the bottom of a well and it's very good <laughs> i love that yeah i know what you mean tim i once went to record a, when i was a teenager i went to record a song with a guy and he had this theory that there are there are singers and there are vocalists and singers, it's all about the voice. But vocalists treat the voice as an instrument or a, a sonic source. A sonic, sonic source. source. Do we need like a delicious pour oh, on no, no. sauce? Or like the... oh, oh, you mean as in S-O-U-R-C-E. <laughs> Noisy condiment. <laughs> Give us a squirt of sonic sauce, would you? I need to pep up this song. <laughs> is that what the other spin-off series to the, to the new Sonic movie is going to be called? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> You know what? I'm going to wrestle the, the conversation back to the topic because I hear him, the responsible one. Oh, um, is that so? Go for it, There are some people, Nina Simone comes to mind, of like mm. very, very incredibly good singer. And then as she gets older and older and older and loses some of like the, the tone, she just becomes a different, amazing singer. Mm, yeah. Like on, yes. um, what's it bloody called? Oh, Stars, They Fade Away. What is um, it? Stars, the song is called Stars. She does ver- live versions of that when she's old and she just can't sustain the notes. She can't hit the notes, but it's full of so much feeling that you're like, well, this is just yes. a different kind mm. of good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, agreed. I'm so with you on mm-hmm. that. I love listening to Nina Simone. That sort of brings me to what I was going to say to follow on from what everyone else said. It depends what you want to do. If you want to sing, then what Beth says is exactly right. You know, just, just sing and, and please yourself. I guess if you want to perform then mm. vocally it's an open field but i suppose you have to connect somehow yes. with the people you're performing mm. to so otherwise i'll be bored this is more i <laughs> yeah. was getting at because i have a very for me i've got a very broad range of what i consider to be a good singer but like so for me my my suggestion would be that one needs confidence yeah probably yeah, yeah. um or at least to be able to fake yeah. confidence yeah. in my experience if you go on stage and you're not and you're not confident in what you're singing, you're less likely to do a good job of it because you're already second guessing yourself. And sometimes, like the audience, can pick up on that. Too. And it is the vibe because you can be you can do the exact same performance, and if people are like, they mean to do this, this is really mm, good. What a yeah. good choice! Mm. But if they think you're unconfident, like, oh, look at that mistake, and it's the yeah. same blooming thing. Yes. Because art is a lie. Oh no, I've entered the well. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting when I'm teaching as well, because actually confidence just makes the world of difference to the quality of the tone of your voice anyway. So the amount of times I'll be working on technical things and it might be something like they have tongue tension or something like that. And then I'll just say, you know what? Just imagine that you can do it. I don't know. Imagine, <laughs> like, imagine that you definitely can sing that note and just spend a moment doing that and then sing it. It normally works. Mm. Like, sometimes yeah. wow. better than the actual techniques of singing, um, which is ridiculous because as soon as we get in our heads, then, yeah. it, you know, that's if, it. Yeah. If there's one thing where the mind body connection is the most apparent, it is singing. Mm-hmm. I want to go back briefly to something you just said. What, what is tongue tension? Your tongue just tenses up. It's <laughs> literally that. So your 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 tongue can tense up. It's really really important because for, for a few reasons. 
Shall I go into vocal coach Beth? <laughs> I would Absolutely. really like, because I don't know anything about like the, you know, the mechanics of how these things work. Yeah. Okay, so um, I always think about the whole vocal tract being like a trumpet, right? Your voice box is like the mouthpiece, almost. So if you just heard that by itself, it would be like a little buzz. You'd hear like bzzz. There's actually some amazing YouTube videos you can hear like air moving through a larynx and then they put the vocal tract on top, which is just the tube that from your larynx to your mouth. Now that is your trumpet. When you put the trumpet on the mouthpiece, then you get the big sound. It's the resonance chamber. It's where the sound bounces around um, to make a big sound. But the one thing about a trumpet is it doesn't have a tongue in the way. So uh, no, if your trumpet has a tongue, something is seriously wrong. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you're in a cartoon. Most, yeah, <laughs> and also a trumpet isn't squidgy. So mm. most of the time, ideally, you, um, obviously, you want to be able to make consonants. You need that with and vowels with your tongue, but. For the majority of the time, you want it to be kind of relaxed and out the way when you're on your vowels. Um, it will kind of do little bends to make different vowels. But also because it is a big muscle, I suppose, because it's connected to a lot of muscles around the larynx and actually to a bone just above the larynx, then once that tightens up, everything can get squeaky. <laughs> it can get all tight. Often people feel like they've got tension around their neck when it's actually coming from their tongue. So that's why nerves can affect your voice, because when you're nervous, you tense up and that will eventually go up to affect your tongue. Yeah. I mean, it's... Or any part of you, really, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's no coincidence that all the bits where your voice is housed in your body, all, all the, all the sort of real—I mean, a lot of your body is, you know, contributes to making noise. But the bits which um, <laughs> are vital are also possibly the emotional centres where where we feel emotion physically, and you know, there's a good reason, evolutionary reason for that because crying out and you know, articulating emotion. Oh, is is one way that we diffuse it yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately it's really really unhelpful you know if we get in the habit of trying to um hold that back so the reason i feel anxiety like around my hmm. stomach area is because that is so fascinating and there's a fun one with that total off topic but i've got a fact and i will share it go, oh go, hello go. give us the fact um one of the one of the reasons between the nerve nervous feeling of butterflies in the stomach and anxiety is there is a big old nerve i believe it's called the vagus nerve and it runs <gasps> right up from your stomach right into the middle of your brain and it's a very much a two-way street of if you eat the wrong things you can give yourself certain neurological responses equally if you feel or think a certain way it can give you an upset so it's a complete back and forth and i believe they had a whole thing where again they've tested it in mice who can say if it translate bigger but if they <laughs> give um my certain bacterial cultures they can just chill them out because it creates an environment in the stomach that then the vagus nurse goes oh okay things are happening here that's fine don't worry about it but i suppose it's important because it's like i'm hungry so like become aggressive and kill something to eat i suppose like there is an important connection between you know what's going on in your stomach and and your and your mind. That nerve uh, vasal vagal syncope. Uh, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but is a disorder that people can be afflicted with uh, that causes it involves that nerve and causes them to pass out when they poop. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. That is a tough time to pass out. <laughs> yeah. It's never good. It's paramedics there again. Oh, hello. That, that's a different fact. Yeah. <laughs> is that linked to uh, those fainting goats? I don't... The goats that faint when they're stressed out. 
Possibly, because it is also like it's not it's not just when you go to the bathroom. It's also like a, a stress uh, and things can cause it. But that's just the funniest thing to mention. Singing stimulates the vagus nerve, so it's meant to calm you down in situations. But it also might maybe it would stop you fainting when you poop. I've just thought of that Sing now. Sing the toilet and you won't faint. That, yeah. is, a, that is a cast huh. iron guarantee that we can in no way back up. <laughs> yeah. But... No, we are medical professionals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every one of us an EMT. Yep. This podcast recommends yes, singing you're... while you... Be... Gonna be the, like, you know what? Alex's voice I mean, is I recommend again. that anyway just because yeah. it's fun. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. Alex doesn't listen to these, I don't think. Yeah, I think get this under is the, the radar. first one that he's got absolutely no input in. So we can you say know what? Like. You know it says those t-shirts say Frankie says relax. We'll just get new ones that say Helen says sing on the shitter. It's longer, <laughs> but I think people will still buy them. So what I think you need to be a good singer is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you sound best in the bathroom. So it all comes together. <laughs> Beth, I have a question. Yeah. It's potentially a stupid question, but you, you, when you were talking about the head being a flesh trumpet, yes. If you have, therefore, a physically big head, yeah. Do you therefore necessarily have a more resonant voice? No, like Brian Blessed is massively loud, but his head is about three times the size you'd expect it to be. That probably have more to do with the diaphragm size than anything, right? Not necessarily, no. Your chest cavity can change the tone of your voice, but it doesn't necessarily make it more resonant. It makes it a different type of resonant. So when you hear a note, you're not just hearing the note, you're hearing different frequencies layered on top of each other. And so when you hear the higher frequencies, you're getting a, a kind of thinner, more trebly noise. So if I make like a there we go there's a trebly noise and if i make like a whoo 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 that's a more bassy noise more of the lower frequencies if yeah. you make a bigger space you're getting more of the lower frequencies so someone like brian blessed with a probably a big mm. vocal tract will make a bigger warmer noise than ariana grande who probably has a small uh, so vocal ariana tract. grande is a piccolo and brian blessed is a tuba exactly fine good as long as we've cleared that up that's the most important thing of all <laughs> yes so then, what does govern like how loud your voice can get, or is that just training? Confidence again. Confidence, resonance. Some people volume is like connected to resonance, and um, vocal cord closure. If you can, co- if you don't close your vocal cords fully, then the air rushes through, and then you get like ah, oh, which isn't very loud. Interesting. Yeah, that's also connected to confidence. I think. Uh, yeah, I- I've seen like, for lack of better word, tone deaf uh, people like hit incredible notes just by training and proper up-breath control and vice versa i've seen people who are no are incredible singers give not as good performances because their their breath just wasn't there i think there's a lot about intention in it i had an amazing singing lesson about five years ago there's the odd singing lesson that changes your life you know where i realized that chord closure and onset were a personality thing for me because i'm a little bit diffident i kind of i kind of hedge when i start a note if i don't tell myself not to and actually, you know, an, an awful lot of efficient singing is about making sure the air and the chords are coordinated and working together. I realised that actually, if I took that into my life, and you know, and and did all the things that I do when I'm singing, you know, use the posture and the, you know the body connection, and made sure that you know I was starting myself speaking intentionally, then people naturally didn't interrupt me so much, and seemed to take me more seriously, whether it was that I was feeling different because of the how I was conducting myself or whether it was because I was actually giving a different impression by standing up straight and speaking more sort of firmly. 
I don't know. But it was a real revelation about sort of how you sing is very much connected to your personality as well as your physique and your training. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and definitely probably a, a combo of those things because you, you do certain things and it gives cues and people kind of pick up on those cues. And then as they pick up on those cues, you become more confident and it just sort of feeds yeah. back on itself and it mm. becomes a whole, a whole deal. Mm. That's like my favorite thing about voice. I feel like voice is like an expression of everyone's uh, emotional connection and their personalities. You can tell so much, I feel, about some how someone is as a person by the way they sing and how they attack notes. It's kind of weird. I always feel like when I'm doing a lesson and someone does their first few scales or whatever, I can tell how they're going to be as a person. Maybe that's weird. It's like a little superpower of uh... it is. Yeah, you can close your eyes, and listen to someone's voice, and you can you can you can know a lot. I think also about sincerity as well is really important for singing. You were saying about confidence earlier on. I was also thinking one thing that you can't fake in a performance is meaning it. We can fake it, and if you're good, it'll work. But normally, what works is getting into it and meaning it. Not so much, yeah, I suppose, you know, by faking it, you sort of mean, like, trick yourself into meaning it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you're not faking that you mean it, but you faked the process to meaning it. Yeah. You mean the performance. I remember one time I I was was singing at a concert and I was really angry. I think I was angry because someone else had been given another one of my solos, actually. (laughs) But the solo that remained mine (laughs) was performed with electricity. (laughs) So I showed them. (laughs) The reason I asked about like loudness is because um, I seem to be a very naturally loud person, and I didn't know if I I I just wondered if it was because I'm you know got a big head. (laughs) That was actually that was the second half of my thought. Uh, That's oh yeah, that's how that's how I personally have been able to get uh, to reach as loud as I can uh, is just uh, through really practicing uh, breath control because I am a naturally very quiet person uh and i've had to really force sound out of me before (laughs) here's a question and again i feel like i'm just asking questions to find things out about my own life but here's one for the group i'm 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 incredibly loud i am i'm i'm just so loud um and i think i used to i i run i run with my mum it's one of the nicer things about me um Aww. and every time i say it, everyone goes oh and then yeah and then you go into one of the conversations and we're discussing like something really bleak and you're like oh it's just naturally as sweet as i thought it's actually a- okay fine <laughs> but 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 we talk whilst we run and i noticed when i started doing that when I was a teenager and i would we just talk constantly whilst running and then i noticed it just made me louder and louder and louder and i wonder if there's just like a kind of accidental exercise in that that's just made me intensely <laughs> freaking loud that's a beyonce workout beyonce the does beyonce that workout. beyonce does that yeah so that she can get through her <laughs> I, shows so you're literally doing beyonce's workout ah uh, me and beyonce are so similar in so many ways i've had choir teachers had a have us do like jumping jacks during warm up vocals and and stuff like that so yeah that's there you go <laughs> Wow. I was trained to be a singer even before I knew. <laughs> Again, I really hasten to add, I'm not a professional singer. <laughs> My struggle is just is often to make myself quieter. I mean, like even even the pro- even my speaking voice, like the process of like me being on Rusty Quill, like my my levels, I have slowly inched them down and down and down <laughs> until I'm at currently 0.53, whereas I started at like 0.7. Why do? You- <laughs> because I just keep peaking. <laughs> I have to constantly check to make sure I'm like even showing up on my 
on my waveforms. <laughs> and it's just, but it's just like when I was when I was growing up and I was like in choirs and stuff. I couldn't understand. I, I was just like, why can't you sing louder? It's easy. Just do this. And I just go, la! And we all glance at the waveform. Ah, oh, okay. Well, that's going to take some uh, some cleaning up. <laughs> but like, and that's not even, I mean, that has absolutely peaked. I'm so sorry. But like, that's not even Helen, hard. That's not need, hard at all. We need to do a loud off. We need to get like a, uh, is it a decibelometer? What's it called? <laughs> The thing that measures loudness, and we to see who can be louder. Anything you can loud, I can loud louder. I can loud anything louder than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. <laughs> no, you loud. Yes, I loud. loud. And then the townspeople murder us. <laughs> loud, 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 loud. Yeah, my struggle is not blowing out everyone's eardrums constantly. <laughs> but on on that revelation about myself, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back. After these adverts, I presume. New Ronson's Loud Pellets. Do you want to be louder? Ronson's Loud Pellets. <laughs> can eat them! <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back. All right. So we have talked about ourselves and a lot of the detailed mechanics of singing, which I'm very excited to learn because I was saying to someone the other day, I don't know how I do anything that I do, despite being often quite good at the things that I do. I just kind of, poof, and then it, I'm like, I don't know if I can replicate this. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. You're an instinct player. <laughs> yeah. And we have uh, learned the various ways that we have begun singing. Now let's talk about other people singing. I want to hear about your favourites vocalists. And these can be any genre, any kind of thing. We already talked about Nina Simone and Tom Waits and Neil Young. Any other contenders you want to throw into the ring, anyone? This question was really difficult. I tried to narrow it down to one. I got it to three. (laughs) Okay, go for Uh, it. And this would be just... And not only my three favorite vocalists, but probably the three that have inspired or shaped my voice the most, just because I sing them the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be uh, 
Jeff Buckley, Sean James, and Jewel. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Buckley, I think, is how I want to sound. <laughs> Jeff Buckley just, is incredible. I think yeah. it, every human would be like, I wish I could sound like him. Yeah, <laughs> A Lover You Should Have Come Over is Ugh. my favorite song to sing in the car. It's just absolutely beautiful. The, the vocal performance in it is perfect in my opinion if you're singing that in the car i would be so excited to hear your voice because that's such a hard song (laughs) uh i mean i can't guarantee i do it great but i I think i do it with car confidence which is the best kind of confidence the car is a wonderful place to sing because no one can get at you you're in a car Mm -hmm. you can drive away (laughs) then it was like hey what you've gone Yeah, my mum and I often sing in the car because I, I don't drive, but obviously she does. Because if neither of us drove, that how would are you be in a weird, car? But... We'd stolen a car. <laughs> my mum and I stole in a car, no license. <laughs> so the acoustics in a car are not that satisfying for singing, are they? But just install loads of vocal plates in your car. Now, yeah. will it affect the fuel economy? <laughs> yes. Will it make it dangerous to drive? Yes. But you'll sound amazing. <laughs> but also, if you're singing with someone, yeah, that often sounds real nice. Yeah. Any more for any more? Any more good singers? I've got. I've. Got, this is. I. I shout about this to myself on a regular basis. So I'm. F- I'm full of. I'm full of. Of singers. I'm full of singers. I hate all the singers. Um, oh, okay. I like. I like a lot of. I tend to like weirdos. I like singing weirdos. Um, yes. Aldous Harding has a just a such a cool voice. Like on the horizon, and it's sort of like all these very like strange like clenching up shapes that ha and then down into like a really low resonant thing and then just just doing lots of really cool stuff with the voice and um tom york i mean again oh, not, not a controversial yes. choice again he, no really interesting he's, voice. he's got such a and i'm you know i'm just having a thing beth did you do a video on tom york I've just suddenly got a thing of like, I think before, ages ago, I might have looked up a, what do vocal coaches think of Tom York? And I think your video was the <laughs> yeah, one I yeah, watched. Yeah, no, I have done a video on Tom Almost York. Almost <laughs> certainly. And yeah, it's just, there's just, I just, I mostly like singers whose voices I probably can't replicate because that really kind of like, um, mm. everything, everything, the lead singer from everything, everything as well does a really nice line in weird, angry falsetto. And I cannot even begin to do any of it. And it's what I'm attracted to most. And it's often what I'm trying to avoid doing when I do musical production. I want to do that, but I can't, I'm not good mm. enough. I have not done the trade. I can't. I just, I'm a, I'm a baritone and I've got to accept it. But I find myself <laughs> constantly like, oh, we'll do this. And I go to sing it and go, no, that's not, that's not going to happen, is it, Tim? <laughs> because that's not your vocal range. But that's what I'm, yeah, drawn to in those kinds of singers. Yeah weirdos yeah the bridge to creep is oh yeah uh yeah all the all the all the breaking and that's like that's reasonable tom york that's earlier right, tom yeah, york that's... when he's still sort of a rock singer it's not like mm. um you know harrow downhill tom york where everything's sort of like a shrieking whisper <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good description you... of him <laughs> <laughs> Katie, what about you? Who are your favourites? Oh, don't ask me. I forgot you were going to ask this question and there were just so (laughs) many. And I like almost every genre. (laughs) So it takes so long. Um, I can give you loads of generalities. I like, a little bit like Tim, I like singers who can do things that I can't do. Yes. My strength is I've got a lot of power uh, on the higher notes. I'm not good at clarity I've got a lot of warmth in my lower voice it's quite sort of fuzzy and it takes quite a lot of work to just sing <laughs> mm. in my lower register and so there's a lot of sort of gospel 
um, singers who I just envy because they can just open their mouths and work that acoustic, you know, in that way. Who else has got one of those voices? I, I quite like sort of the deep female pop voices. Katie Lang's got an interesting voice. In terms of classical singers, I tend to like the big ones, the big voices. Massive Keith, the biggest singer. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Beth? I'm rubbish at favourites. I can never pick because it really depends on the mood that I'm in. Because sometimes I like, oh, I want to listen to like a really fancy technical singer. Um, like someone crazy. Like, have you heard of Dimash? Yes. Yeah, yeah. like he's incredible. Like it's impossible. Got, like five octave range. <laughs> yeah. Like no human. He sounds like an alien. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so incredibly technical as well. And then I, but... If I'm just chilling in the house, I really just like voices with lots of character in lots of different ways. Mm. I just really want to, like, it sounds very cheesy. It sounds very cliche. Like, I want to hear someone's soul. I want to hear who they are. So yeah. I want to hear, No, like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like, I want to hear, like, I love, um, we talked about this in the jazz. I love Billie Holiday. I feel like you mm. could just hear her whole soul the whole time. But I love, I, I love the guy from Leprous. I don't know if you've heard them. They're like beautiful Scandinavian floaty ethereal vocals, so completely opposite. Just as long as I can feel the emotion of it, I guess. I, obviously, again, a classic point to a weird, sing, weird, weird sounding singer. But Bjork's very good for that sort of like you. You ain't got a damn clue what she's gonna do next. <laughs> she could do anything in the middle of this song, and that is quite like. Yeah, it's interesting to listen to. I really like the singer from um, M83. Oh, yeah. In, in For a while, I thought they were singing in a different language. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, their sort of the pacing and the high-pitched tone made it, like, and also, like, so many of their songs just such an experience that uh, that singer's voice just sort of becomes another instrument. I try to remember which was the first one that I really liked. I think it was Outro. And it's so echoey. I know that he's got effects on his voice, but it's the breath control as well. Yeah. I ju- anyway, sorry. <laughs> I do that with any, with any conversation about music. So many sentences end with like, it's, it's just, I just, I just, it's just, I just, it's good. I like it. I'll tell you why. It's just good and you should listen to it. Listen to it. I'm going to take you home. I'm going to play it to you whilst you sit there awkwardly on the sofa going, I probably should leave. And you're like, no, no, I'll just flip it over. Listen to some more. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Check the exits. Have you have you heard the second half of In Rainbows? I'll put it on. I can't I can't leave the conversation without mentioning Freddie Mercury either. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was he like? From somebody mentioned this to me. He's like a a five to something ridiculous of a vocal range. I can't remember how vocal ranges work. Maybe maybe some of the people who are professional singers should tell me how vocal ranges work. <laughs> There's some sort of lettering and numbering system. <laughs> but also, again, with the emotion, I think everyone's seen the um, the Live Aid performance um, of the opening of Beam and Rhapsody. And I, I swear, the first time I heard that, I held my breath throughout yeah. the whole minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. It was just so... It's incredible. Yeah. He's interesting because he doesn't have, like, a, a perfect technical voice in many ways because, like, he has, like, an uneven, really like an uneven vibrato which often like is slightly out of pitch like he does lots of things that are like 
not correct, but uh, he's still brilliant. It's still like it, one of the most incredible singers ever to live. I think most people agree with that. Yeah, and it's the showmanship of him too. Mm. Yeah, when um, you've got when you've got half a microphone, you're like, I'm going to make this a thing. It's like, sorry, what you got half a microphone stand? That's not a thing. It's like, no, I'm going to make it a thing. And it was like, I mean, fair enough. It is pretty cool now. It's like that shouldn't be cool. That's, what's it for? You got you don't even hold the stand. Why is this okay? And you style it out. My next question I've written down is like, what's your favourite genre? And among the examples that I that I listed were sea shanty, <laughs> because I was thinking of like genres where one can experience different kinds of vocals. I don't know if anyone's got a favourite genre to listen to, like because I know that there are different techniques and voices that are attuned to different kinds of styles. Uh, to listen or sing to? Yeah, because like I've got I've got I've got an indie core because of when I grew mm. up. And then it's and then it's just everything else. Like I do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be like, you know, oh, I I like j- jazz or I like soul or I like this because it kind of yeah it depends who's good. Mm. If you're good, I'll enjoy it. Like you know, I grew up with absolutely no hip hop at all, and yet I found a load of it and gone yeah great. This is just really good music. I've got no background in it. I've got no context for it. It's just some good ass music i tell you what i did not appreciate beyonce for a really long time oh beyonce is so good i know i was in such like such of like a, a rock and emo phase mm. i was like uh pop music <laughs> nothing can compete with maximo park <laughs> but now i'm older i'm like god all of her songs are so complicated lemonade is the best album ever it's so good it's so good yeah. and it's that's so official good. it is <laughs> that's the official selection of beth rose yeah, and Love on Top is like the hardest song ever to sing oh, ever God. in the world. Every time I sound like a goat trying to scream <laughs> when I try and sing that song. It's like by the time I get to the end, I'm like, ah, it's so horrible. As long sing. as you're a soulful goat, you can carry it off. That's true. I'll, I'll go for that. I've never successfully sung that song ever. <laughs> it's hard. Because it's just, it's the, like, ba ba da ba 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 just a key change. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and higher, and higher. Yeah, and I can't go that high. <laughs> I just can't. But I can't start at a lower pitch because then I'm like, oh, what the f- am I doing? <laughs> it's all I have or need. I also listen to many genres of music. Um, I don't always listen for the singing, but... I can be put off some music by... It's not even when it's not the best singer. It's when the singer is too interfered with um, digitally. Mm. I just I just find that really gets in the way of the music for me. And that's a sound that's really around in pop at the moment, so I find it quite hard to find anything I like in pop right now. I totally agree with that. I like listening to acoustic versions of things that yeah. might be... Like yeah. a big pop song. I like the acapella stuff that's been going around for quite a long time. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> Do you? Because I, with with that, I totally agree in some ways. There's a kind of there's there's digitally manipulated to make it sound quote unquote better, which I'm always a little bit like, nah. You know, maybe I should mm. be a little bit less chill about it, but it's like I'd rather just hear what you sound like. And then there's like I've 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 done fucked up this sound because I want to do something different, which is <laughs> I feel like you are digitally you're doing weird stuff with it and things you couldn't perform live, but in a way that's like I'm not trying to trick anyone into thinking I've done this, but yeah. I yeah. I want to create an effect. Do you like do you have a sort of a difference yeah, in opinion? Like on the that? latter, I don't mind so much actually because that's a different concept. Yeah, mm. it's it's more like. <sighs> 
I, I did teach in a boys' school for a bit, and what I was finding is they were starting to actually ape those digitally sounds with their voices. Yeah. And yeah. so it was like nature imitating technology. And I found that really weird because people naturally do imitate what they hear. So whatever music you're listening to, you're, you're going to try to sound like it. And it's hmm. the most powerful way to get a sound, really. And uh, I don't know. I just I didn't have a very comfortable relationship with that. I've, I've never really unpicked why. I think I'd just like to know what the kid sounded like if he was just singing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about you, Gabriel? I also listen to all kinds to, to a lot of different kinds of music um however i guess the most ironically uh, uh, ironic for this episode in particular uh i'm a punk at heart <laughs> i can see at least three guitars behind <laughs> you yeah um i think there are five mm-hmm. oh yes five and a keyboard and then there's also one right here <laughs> oh <laughs> and there's a drum set to the left uh as well but yeah uh, i know that Punk as a genre has never been the most vocally impressive. I don't know. I don't know. It takes a lot to absolutely ruin your voice <laughs> in many instances. Yeah, I will say um, if, if, if people have said that, like, I don't know, power ballads and stuff suit my voice in particular the most, but I just have mm. the most fun singing it like Sex Pistols or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> We have one more question to round us off for uh, this episode and for the evening. And the question is, do any of you have a go-to karaoke song? And if so, I would love to hear what it is. Um, I usually go for anything from like the 60s, like 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 a kind of Aretha Franklin thing or uh, something kind of jazzy because that's what comes most naturally to me. I say a little prayer is, uh, is one I really like. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a similar vein, I'll often go to uh, My Baby Just Cares For Me, Nina Simone. I found oh, I found Nina Simone because she's a very low singer. It kind of mm. meets me in the middle because I often find a lot of pop. I can't I can't get high enough or I start in the wrong place. Mm. But, I, but weirdly, the register that works for me is lower Nina Simone songs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're a lot of fun to sing. It's lots of fun little bits. And it's such a lovely song, that it's as well. It's such a lovely... Places. Ah, lots of fun. Mm. And Johnny Cash is fun. Fun and the easy one. Low pressure is Johnny Cash. <laughs> well, I don't do karaoke solo and I don't do it sober. Imagine you're pissed and with friends. What's your go-to song? <laughs> Love Shack. Love Shack. Love, Love Shack, baby. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Couple of guys, it's as big as a whale. <laughs> I did, uh, did, Katie, have it's you really seen... important to miss the top note. Katie, have you seen the full version of Love Shack I did as Trexel? <laughs> No, it's 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 on YouTube somewhere. Beth, don't watch it. It's some of the worst vocal abuse because Texel's <laughs> voice is like this. So singing sh- sh- Love Shack loudly with this voice. Oh gosh, it's a Love Shack, Shack baby. It's a tiny little place where Trexel has some tension. Yeah, it, it, voice. the voice is all tension. It's not. It's not a good time. I'll dig. I'll send it to you, Katie. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a it's an absolute copyright violation. I'll give it that, but it's a lot of fun. Oh, you've got to recognise it first, haven't you? Yeah. Well, it's you know what. <laughs> Ooh. Ow! Ouch! Old oh, Katie. Shots fired. <laughs> that came up meaner than I meant it to. No, I liked Cut it. That. I liked it. <laughs> It's okay. You two know each other. I tr- I trust that Tim knows you don't. Mean I've I put th- I put Katie through so much <laughs> with the podcast. <laughs> she deserves a, at least thirty more shots. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry, I just yelled too close to the entire episode microphone. Could you just fix that, Katie? Okay, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> so it seems fair enough. Gabriel, do you do karaoke? And if so, what do you like to sing? My friends and I do karaoke not like regularly, but every time we go out, like uh, basically <laughs> we try to find a karaoke bar. My go-tos are typically either either My Type by Saint Motel, uh, mm. just because it's a lot of fun, uh, energetic, or Toxic, uh, <laughs> yes. because it go because uh, I like to show off that I can switch between my head voice and normal voice a lot. If you got it, oh, lovely. you may as well flaunt it. Uh, the more I drink, the more willing to be a show-off I am. So <laughs> That's one of alcohol's greatest gifts. So, so the night usually ends with toxic. Yeah, Fantastic. Beth, what about you? I haven't done karaoke in like 10 years. I, I literally haven't done karaoke in so long. I think I find it kind of awkward as a vocal coach and singer to be like, go up and sing. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, that's my job, you know? So it's kind of weird. Because then the people go going, She's vocal coach, you know. So if she's it feels yeah, pressure. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel oh, like no. I have to do a yeah. proper show. Yeah. If it's I'm good, like, it was right. expected. I need to get my set list out. If there's out. a mistake, they're like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's always like too pressureful for a, an evening Aww. out. But maybe maybe you guys could suggest a good song. Uh, Mama Told Me Not To Come by Tom Jones. That's a lot of fun. Oh, there we my partner and I do a version of that, but we've altered the chorus, so it's like a, a Cockney end of the pier song. Mama told me not to come. Mama told me not to come. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's got the same with this golden robot gone it, it does! Oh my god, that's where that's from! <laughs> I've got one cadence. Beth, if you didn't know, uh, Tim wrote a number of short songs. Wrote is a strong word. I improvised a lot of musical bull and we edited some of it into a more professional sounding format. I think that's about as, about as specific as one needs to be. It was excellent. Thanks, Helen. No, genuinely, it was great. It was great. Uh, <laughs> we played them as like interstitials during our charity event. I got so I got so much praise given that I probably did the least. I just I did I did a little uh, like uh, mime to it, and then loads of people painstakingly edited together and ran it I wasn't even there for the live stream and I got so much like oh wow that was so good and I kept having to reply being like I did incredibly little you must understand <laughs> I mimed for half an hour and then people did 40 hours of work I'm not... people didn't want to know I have to say I was a bit like I did the yeah, music because Katie was the one there <laughs> Like doing an enormous amount of work, and I get messages say, "Good work on the interstitials." No, no, mate, I did, I did, I did not, I did nothing, yeah. did nothing. So well <laughs> done, Katie. But the thing is, people will latch onto the performer, and you told them. Well, <laughs> it's fine. You know what? We shall give you your flowers, Katie and Rosnay, the <laughs> real stars of the RQGG interstitials. Also, April, who ordered the space cloth. <gasps> yeah, yes. which I still, I and, now have in my house. I've now just got a space cloth in my house. What am I supposed to fucking do with that? I don't know. Just lay on it and Enjoy lay it. on it and pretend to be trapped in the infinite blackness of space. Yeah, we're going to try and make yeah. it appear in every Rusty Quill video um, for posterity. Forevermore, <laughs> get, get the value out yeah, yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-seven pounds fifty, wasn't it? Like a mean dad. We bought it. We're using it. <laughs> but it's my birthday. Get out the blanket with the stars. <laughs> We're absolutely at the end of the episode now. (laughs) End of the episode, end of some people's tethers. (laughs) No, genuinely, this has been so much fun. I'm so happy with you all. 
Thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you, listener, for Just uh, well coming done along you made with it us. This far. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Do you think we've convinced uh, anyone who wasn't interested in singing to start singing or to take up a lessons after this? Or maybe some singers to stop. Or start metal. Or st- yeah, or start metal. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? I think maybe the art st- form Yeah, you know what? Has... I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe we should do something else, like no knitting. Because <laughs> I'm not so convinced in this whole singing thing anymore. If you would like to take up knitting, check out our crafting episode that came out earlier. Anyway, I will see you on the next episode. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from all of them. Everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. It is directed by Helen Gould, produced by Lori Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner, and edited by Marissa Ewing, Tessa Vroom, Maddie Searle and Catherine Ranella. Thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.